What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Music Podcast Deluxe. Featuring Don't Believe the Hype. And we're about to blow your f***ing minds. Whoa, whoa, Muck. Let's lay it back a bit. Thanks, Dre. Where would I be without you? Representing Montreal, Canada, we're coming to you straight from the DBTH sound room. Damn, that sounds tight. But you know we're sitting on the couch, right? So join us. Every episode where we're going to be talking about concerts, records, experiences, and everything in between. Stay a while, and let's make some time for music. So this episode, we're going to have to uh, kind of excuse ourselves in advance. We've got a guest. This uh, little creature that you hear breathing and walking around, this is my dog, Beyonce the Boxer. So uh, you might hear a little bit. This episode, we want to highlight two things. First and foremost, we want to highlight the vinyl record format. In recent years, we've grown very fond of record collecting, record listening. That's where our tagline, uh, remember, make some time for music, in its beginnings, was talking about making some time to sit down and listen to some records. Number two, we're going to be theming this episode hip-hop, talking about six rap or hip-hop albums that we love. Now, that's one thing we should just get out of the way. The difference between hip-hop and rap. Now, iTunes takes the shortcut and the cheap way out and kind of just groups hip-hop and rap into the same genre. Really? Yeah. I didn't didn't know that at all. It's hip-hop rap. Hip-hop slash rap. Okay. So that's how they get around that. But uh, the old schoolers like to describe it like rap being one element of hip-hop. Hip-hop having four elements. Rap would be the MC element. Then there's breakdance, graffiti, and DJing. So hip-hop kind of encompasses the whole culture, whereas rap is something you do within that culture. So anyway, to me, it's semantics. For the purpose of this episode, we're going to be calling all rap or hip-hop music hip-hop. If you guys are listening to anything cool hip-hop-wise or that uh, you think might inspire us, just throw a picture up on our Facebook page at the DBTH guys, and we'll uh, we'll take a look and send you guys some comments. Shit, maybe it even inspire us to pick one up, you know? Vinyl records are really directly co- connected with like the the beginning of of what is rap and hip hop. So we're trying to be as authentic as possible doing this episode, listening to records. It's warm. It's organic. It's a ritual. That sound right before the music starts when you first drop the needle it sets you in the right groove to just soak it all in unless the album's warped (laughs) (laughs) so Muck let's get her started six albums six different feels you're showing me a list yes I am you're introducing you want me yes Go on. Introduce, you want me to introduce Kanye West's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. That's right, man. It's not right? It is. Okay. <laughs> you shook your head. No. I said that's right, man. It's one of those album titles that you kind of get tongue twisted. Yeah. So uh, I think we just refer to it as dark, Beautiful Dark Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Dark Fantasy. That's it. So what about it? Well, although it was, yeah, a great party album and we listened to it a bunch of times. Aside from that, that same year it won Best Album on a number of different sources. So like... It's still a very credible and critically acclaimed ad- album. Credible and critically acclaimed album. That's a tongue twister. Credible. Credible, Credible and critically acclaimed. The Roots. Things Fall Apart. This came out in 1999. Now, I wasn't a Roots fan in 1999. I wasn't even close to a Roots fan in 1999. But I did discover this album 
kind of recently, in the last two, three years, I love how they've incorporated this jazz element to hip hop. And you can tell that I think most of the band actually graduated from some sort of music school and they were jazz musicians. You can feel that inspiration in their beats. You can feel it in the songs. Um, this specific album was considered to be the Roots breakthrough. They had a single on there called You Got Me featuring Erica Badu. That won a Grammy. Their audience grew substantially after that Grammy win. Really? It's interesting because you've always like pushed the roots on me. Yeah. Um, I kind of know the roots from TV, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. And as, as many people do. And not <laughs> so much the roots of this album. You know, at first look, you might think like, wow, they really sold out, took a fucking cushy job. But yeah, they got a fucking cushy job. As a bunch of musicians, they got a fucking cushy job, a good for fucking them. Steady paycheck, one location, they go in, they go home. Super manageable. I was 12 years old when I first heard Wu-Tang Forever. You heard that thing when it came out in 97? Yes. One of my uh, my neighbors who was a, a good friend of mine. And at times, we were just pretty much playing Grand Theft Auto, listening to Wu-Tang Clan's Forever. 12 years old here. Maybe 13. <laughs> dude, at 12, 13 years old, what the fuck did you understand from that record, dude? Nothing. It, it's it's such a complex, lyrical piece. You know, there's a, a lot of emphasis of the album is on the MC, is on the lyrics. You do you know what? You pro- At 12, 13 years old, you probably didn't put this together either. 97 was the year that Biggie died. 97 was the rise of Puff Daddy. So... Wu-Tang releasing this album in 97 kind of gave a lot of people hope that rap wasn't dead. It didn't turn into shiny suits and talking about money and bitches and hoes. It was more than that. Wu-Tang was that affirmation that real hip-hop was still around. So now we go back to Nas's Illmatic. So let's hurry up and get this shit done. Go, 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 go. Look at that list. What do we got? That's it. What's up? What's up next? What's up next? Nas. Illmatic. Straight from Queensbridge, New York. Out of all these albums, I swear to God, this one just gives me a window right straight into his life. 1994. uh, This was his first album, which is such an extraordinary feat because it's still cited as one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time. At the beginning, sales weren't great. It wasn't until two years after the album that it actually went gold. Not only was this album uh, groundbreaking uh, in a lyrical standpoint, but the production was also very, very cool. And he was notorious for having some gritty samples. And he had his father come in and play some horns on a few of the tracks. Dude, they sound fucking incredible. Yeah, especially on, on the record player. Yeah, especially. I came into this podcast wanting to talk about Yellow Wolf's love story just because we have the album. That's 2015. That is. We're fast-forwarding here. We're getting a newbie. Yeah, but I don't think I should talk about love story because, I, I mean, I did like the album. I There's several songs that I really enjoy on it. I think trunk music is just such a hardcore piece of hip-hop slash rap that Yellow Wolf has done. It's an undeniably unique style. You know what, what you, what you get with Yellow Wolf, and he, this is what he said about himself, is that it's a combination of Outcast, which is a southern rap group, and Leonard Skinner, which is a kind of a country rock band. Even when we saw him live at Corona Theater, he had a live guitarist with him. That's right. There's a huge emphasis on his recordings on guitar, which is kind of not seen much in hip hop at all. 
Yo, so this uh, RTJ, we're going to talk about Run the Jewels, man. And their album, Run the Jewels 2. So we got Run the Jewels 1, 2, and 3 that was just most recently released on Christmas, right? They pushed that, actually. They pushed that uh, two or three weeks early because they felt like, fuck it, it's time. It's got to come out. The time is now. Thank you to the fans. Here's RTJ 3, which is also a really good album. Now, I got to give you thanks because before you came around and you told me about Run the Jewels 2, I wasn't generally a fan, and I don't think I ever would have became became one if it wasn't for you telling me to listen to this record. Well, I got to pass that thanks along, you know, because my girlfriend is the reason why I love this album. I picked up the album. I went to see them at Club Soda last year. I love the chemistry between LP and Killer Mike. Just the way they go at it on the mic there, like... Their voices, their flow, it just works so well. You can picture it at a big outdoor festival and people just losing their fucking shit. They got Zach De La Roca on one of their tracks, right? What's the track name? Close Your Eyes and Count to Fuck. They also have him on one of the newer tracks. The uh, Run the Jewels uh, 3. 3, yeah. You know that bass line for Hell of a Life is a sample, right? From the Mojo Men's She's My Baby? No shit. Why don't you throw it on right now? Welcome to the Master Track! Where Muck and Dre talk to you about a song they just can't seem to take off their feet. Well, everybody. I got orange socks. Muck has orange socks and we're talking to you about Hell of a Life by Kanye West off the Dark Fantasy album. Wow, that's... You're fucking enthusiastic coming into this one. It's a hell of a song, Muck. Hard not to be enthusiastic. No, but for real. Did you catch that fucking bass line? The middle of a life? Yeah, man. I already know it, dude. I'm just waiting on you. We have to jam that track. So why hell of a life? If you take a look at that track and listen to the lyrics and understand that that was in 2010 and see where Kanye is now, it kind of shows you where his life will go. Because he says, I fell in love with a porn star and then married her and, well, that's kind of Kardashian, right? Not to mention that that track is catchy as fuck. Dude, when we revisited this record and we sat back in that room, after Hell of a Life came on, the next few days after that, I could not listen to another song. So that's why it's this week's master track. It's just... It's the one. It's the one to choose. So, everybody, we've made it to the end. We got something to remind you about. We got the We Are Monroe single launch coming up January 28th at the Belmont. If you haven't got your tickets yet, go online, pick them up. You're still going to have some time unless you're listening to this in the future. <laughs> and as we approach the event, we'll, uh, we'll pin you on our Facebook group at the WTH Guys. And you can go if you feel like it, but you really should support local music. If you guys have any questions about the show or, you know, some live events you've been to or just some anecdotes you'd want to share with us you can shoot us an email at thedbthguys at gmail.com don't forget to push subscribe keep up to date uh, we're going to be trying to release two episodes a month let's not make it a hardcore rule but generally that's what we're going to be uh, aiming for an episode every two weeks or so so uh, catch you in the next episode and remember make, make some, some time, time for music, for music. it's fucking important it's time
like to take drastic action. Rally the troops, said fuck it, do it down, and kick the distraction. Started this riot, and for once we're on your side, say fuck it, grab a weapon and enjoy the ride. It's the truth, we ain't got no cure. Pick it up, throw it out, that's how we rock it, that's for sure. Head into your home, chillin' on your block. Why is your neighborhood? We won't stop. 